Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah. Father God, Lord, in this gentle atmosphere, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And we know one thing, to know you is to love you. Lord, today we pray on this special day that you touch every heart, that you touch every person, O oh God. This whole day is dedicated unto the work and the ministry of your Spirit. This we do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the band. Thank you to every person helping in the church. Thank you to every person in church. May God truly touch you today. You know, we are in a time of high devotion, a time where we are busy seeking the face of God for our lives, for our church, and for this nation. God is busy in our midst, and we are experiencing wonderful things that can only come from the throne room of God. God is busy with His church and it's great to be part of his church. It is wonderful. And I've been thinking about my message as we prepare ourselves to go to Pentecost in a couple of days from now. You know, Pentecost is not a once-off event in a person's life, but it is a daily commitment to seek God's face. Pentecost has it yet. The Holy Spirit was poured out on a specific day, but God's children should have Pentecost all their lives, all the days of their lives. And it is wonderful to know God. It is beautiful to seek God's face. And to start in a good place is to start at a place where God touches every person. And that touching happens in the heart of man. God is busy with every person in their heart. God has fashioned the heart that that would be the place He would do the work in man. If God cannot work in a person's heart, He cannot work in a person's life. So today I need you to open up your heart so that God might prepare the hearts here today for a harvest, for a returning. It is only when we return fully back to God's house and to God's purposes and to God's plans that we would experience in our hearts the breakthroughs that God wants for His church. And definitely, He wants things to do. He wants you to experience Him in a new way. He wants to impart to you. He wants to infill you. If you've been living and surviving of, on the anointing of 2022 or 20 or 21, then I want to tell you we are in deep trouble. But if we search our hearts and let the Holy Spirit search our hearts to do 
a new, fresh and powerful work there, you will experience things you've never experienced. We haven't reached the top of the mountain yet. We are only going towards that mountain top. And it is, God's got us. Today I want to encourage you with this. Turning hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. This is a prophecy God gave concerning Israel and God gave concerning the Gentiles, us, the church, is to take hardened hearts and make it as soft and pliable as He wants it. Can you imagine? Have you ever thought of what is going on in the heart of God? Truly, what must the heart of God be like? It is the place all of us comes from. It is the place of warmth, love, gentleness. It is a place of beauty. We have been made in God's image. And we need God's heart in this hour, right before Pentecost. So say to yourself, I will work on my heart this coming week. Because Pentecost happened on a specific day in a specific place. A specific day in a specific place. I have seen the fight through all of the years and we as pastors, the battle we see in people's lives, how when the heart is distracted, immediately the person turns to the weak and beggarly things of this world. Therefore, today is about the day of the heart and tonight we are going to have revival in this place. You need to be in a specific place to experience a specific event. If you lived 2,000 years ago, would the commitment you have now have taken you to the place where the 120 were gathered? You can immediately answer that for yourself. Because God is connected to his body. Where his body gathers, there he works. He doesn't work outside of his body. If you've been lied to or your heart have been changed in a way that there's a disconnection from the body of Christ, which is the living church of God, then Satan is busy with you. He truly is busy with you. Let me read to you. In Hebrews 3, from let's take verse 7. It's all about the Holy Spirit. These coming weeks now ahead of us, it's all. This is a church all about the Holy Spirit. I can say it hard and I can say it soft. But this church truly has been born out of the work of God's heart by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 3 from verse 7, it says here, well, the heading in my Bible, and I have the Spirit-filled life Bible, says the following. Therefore, 
as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. There's a specific rebellion that happened. You cannot believe when you read the Old Testament. You, you cannot believe what the people got up to in the presence of God. Yeah, it's unimaginable. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> but the fathers of families tested God in his face. And they came short, <laughs> let me tell you. Where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This scripture shows forth that there's a doctrine which shows forth that a person can move out of God's sight and not serve God anymore. It is quite possible. It is possible for every human being to step away from God's plans and purposes for their life. And it starts with a hardened heart. But then it says here, but exhort one another daily. You know, I always love it when someone phones me. And there are some people in the church, some of my leaders, that would phone me out of the blue. And they would not care and do not care if I'm a pastor. They reach out to the Christian George Brandon and says, Pastor, how are you doing? Are you still serving God? And I've always appreciated that. The fact that my title is not elevated above my other title, my being as a Christian. We need to be checked up. We need to check up one another daily. We need to go and fetch those. Why are the seats empty? There's quite a number of people with the first service. We see the transition. You refuse it to, to the transition, transition to the second service. That's good for you. <laughs> we need to keep all the services full. But, you know, we need to encourage one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the rebellion, something happened. But Paul is warning the church. Paul is warning the church. And there are three warnings that went out to the church. Three times in the New Testament that you find Paul warning the church about certain things. And his warning to the church is never be ignorant. Never be ignorant. 
Because hardened hearts causes ignorance in the sight of God. And when a person becomes ignorant, then the power of God stops working in, in a person's life. And we need to see the things that Paul warns us about. There are three things. I can show you scriptures, but there are three things. Paul warned the church, if you go and search for the word ignorant, he says, do not be ignorant regarding the rapture. Do not be ignorant regarding Israel. And do not be ignorant regarding spiritual gifts. Because these three are interconnected. God is coming at a certain time back to Israel to come and deal with Israel. But it's not Israel's time yet because God has established Israel in the land of Israel once again by taking them back there so that he might finally deal with them. And we see now a lot of Jews are getting saved. But God is coming back to the apple of his eye to do a specific work there. But it's going to get tough for Israel, unfortunately. If you look at the events that we know now is coming together. And this is not what this message is all about. But Israel plays an important part in the world's focus on what is going to happen. Pastor Harold have taught us just keep your eyes on Israel and then you'll know where you are with God in the Bible. Oh, he's coming for Israel. But the other thing is, do not be ignorant regarding spiritual gifts because that is the work of the Holy Spirit in his church. Some... Uh, Teachings have gone out that God is finished with Israel. God ain't finished with that land yet. You can literally take the book of Romans, tear it out, and throw it away if you are confessing that God is finished with Israel. But he is definitely not. So if he's busy setting up Israel, then he is busy to set up his church for 2,000 years, God has been busy with his church. And his church is his main focus because through his church, his gifts is still working. And that started happening on the day of Pentecost. It is literally what you call the birthday of the church. But do you know that 3,500 years ago, the first Pentecost happened, not in Jerusalem, but when God took out Israel out of their bondage and captivity, he took them through the Red Sea, he took them to a mountain, and now suddenly he appointed a certain man, and that man needed to be very humble, because if I was Moses, there would have been another nation on the planet. They call it the, the Brandon nation. I don't know how Moses did it, but he had a very humble heart. Moses went eight times up the mountain, Eight times. 
But at a certain point, when he went up to get the law finally from God, that is where the first Pentecost happened. And by Israel receiving the law, that is where the nation of Israel started. The moment that God made a covenant with them, when God said, you are my special people, I will deal with you in a special way and I will reveal to you certain things regarding your diet, the way you live, and my law. My law will guide you and carry you through to the promised land. But at that specific point, when that first Pentecost happened, you see, you get the Passover. The Passover is where the lamb was slain. Then they went through the Red Sea, came to the mountain. At the point of giving the law to them, God said that from that point, as the lamb be slain the day after that, count 49 days, and that 49 days, the day after that, the 50th day, is where the first Pentecost happened. So Israel had to do, had to commit themselves to this festival or this feast of Pentecost. And when they went into the promised land, they immediately started by planting their crops and their harvests so that, that they might get a harvest. So they had to commit to these feasts of God, seven feasts of God, and Pentecost is part of the first three uh, feasts, so that at summertime there would come a harvest, and the first thing they had to do is to take a sheath of that harvest, what we call the first fruits, and present it to God as a wave offering. But they yet did not know what the true meaning of that is. The true meaning of that would show forth that there would come a day that the Messiah would come to this earth and the Messiah would die and be raised up and 50 days after his resurrection there would happen a certain event that would change the course of the world forever. And that is the point. You see, God, the law, could not keep Israel. The law judged them. The law did not help them. The law made them more sinful. If, you see, if, if you do not know about a sin, let's say you do not know about stealing, so you always take Pastor Jock's pen, would that still be a sin? Absolutely, that is a sin. But he's, he wouldn't know. The person wouldn't know that taking his pen is a sin. But now that I know that this is a sinful deed, now I'm kind of like doubly guilty. It means that the law, instead of taking people out of their sin, the law literally kept them in their sin because the law is perfect. I have not found and we have not seen any person on this planet that could keep the law. Have you seen anyone like that? Mothers, your husbands, are they, uh, how are they keeping the law in the home? Because you are probably the law keeper of the home. <laughs> but there came this, this day, the, the day where God 
was about to change people's lives, that God was about to do an empowerment. And through 2,000 years, God has been empowering His people for their purpose. And what is your purpose? Your purpose, Hanukkah Afrikaans say. Do you want to hear in Afrikaans before in English? As om die duivel pak te gee. Why do I say that? Because we are in an evil world with many hardened hearts, but the Spirit of God was poured out for God's people so that they might live empowered lives, different lives. When last have you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit? When last have you felt His unction? But you see, we've taken the Spirit of God just to our troubles. <laughs> we see that, that people live their lives from one trouble to another trouble. And it's kind of like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me, you know, let me go. No, man, a spiritual life is a powerful life, is an empowered life, is a life that stands up in this world in the midst of troubles, in the midst of trials, and speaks to this world the Word of God. See, because the Holy Spirit was poured out now, because it's the Holy Spirit. You see, the law is completely holy, but the law could help no person. So any person who would want to become a Jew, you were a Christian, that's a highly offensive thing in the sight of God, to try to be a Jew or something like that. Their Jewishness has become idolatry to them in the sight of God. But we as Christians, we have received the power of God to take this world on. Not just to live from one trouble to another trouble and just surviving in troublesome times. But people who are filled with purpose are powerful people. That is where a person is raised up. World, you don't come for me. I'm coming for you. And this is not pride. This is to be led under, under the spirit of the Most High God. We have, you see, the Holy Spirit says he's our helper. Okay, helper does not mean servant. <laughs> we, we think that the Spirit of God serves our, our plans and the things we want. But it's the Holy Spirit of God is an advocate, is a legal assistant, because you cannot keep the law the legal assistant is the one that is responsible for your holiness. And the Holy Spirit knows that a person that is led by Him becomes a holy person. And that is not just, you know, today I'm holy, tomorrow I'm not. He has a progressive plan to better your life. He has a progressive plan to make you look good in God's sight. And what is the greatest work that the Spirit of God does in our lives? What is the greatest work that He does? His number one plan 
is to make you like Jesus. That's the number one plan. So, you see, without the word of God, we will not know how to live our lives in this world. That the example that Jesus set is the example that we need to live. It is Jesus Christ. Christ is not his surname. Christ is Jesus, the Savior, the anointed one. But most people just live with Jesus. That's with salvation. If you move over to the Christ part, we are Christians. The anointing part, the powerful part, that after salvation, the Spirit of God will take hold of your life and He will transform your life. He won't make dead people better. He changes your life completely. Give the Lord a praise offering for that. So this legal assistant of God who is an advocate, a properly qualified advocate, an advocate is an expert in the law. The Holy Spirit is an expert in knowing what you need. He knows what he wants to do with your life. He knows if you don't pitch up, he won't pitch up. That we have seen. If people are not devoted and committed to the church of God and fully activated to make a difference, we'll see you grow old. We'll see your life, you are saved. You cannot take your salvation away. But you've not impacted what God wanted you to do. And this is for every person here to, today. For every person. God wants and expects to be powerfully working through your life. You are not too old. Moses started at 80. All right, so any 80-year-olds? God ain't finished with you yet. There's a powerful plan that he wants, but he wants to make Jesus Lord of your life. And Jesus, we know, if he's Lord of your life, he controls everything. He's not just our savior because he needs to take you out of that place and then he starts washing you. That cleansing. Cleansing is not nice, I must say. When soap get into your eyes, you know, and that shampoo and the water is too hot and, you know, it's... it's, it's but when you walk out there, sure, now I feel better. How is it that that dirt on us when it's washed away, you know, emotionally we feel better. Spiritually we feel better. We're just better. That's the work. You'll see once the Spirit of God takes you through the stuff you are in now and cleanses you and washes you and He washes you with the Word. This is actually the main focus of my ministry this morning. It is only the Word of God that has the power to wash. You see, but we are, we've gone now to YouTube, and I found myself doing that, that I want to take my extra time and learn something. But now I've seen there's a new tendency that we investigate the Word to judge the church. 
you Calvinist, you Pentecostal, you charismatic, you reformed, you hyper-Calvinist, lower Calvinist. Yeah. Now we, this, it is actually a sinful thing that's busy happening that the church is judging the church. We need to get to God's word and God's word must do the work through my life. It is only, believe me, it is only by the implanted word of God that the spirit of God works through your life. Otherwise, I have an opinionated life. An opinionated life is a prideful life. I have an opinion about everything. Everything. I, can, I know too much. Have you met people? They can quote this book. It's scary how they can quote this book. I mean, when they finish with me, I don't feel like a pastor. God has not given us the word to quote the word. He's given us the word to live the word. The life that I now live, I live in the sight of God. I live by the power of God. And I live by the truth of the word. Otherwise, I'm filled with Satan himself. But we are coming for this world, this church. We have the right pastor. <laughs> you know, we have the most fired up pastor in the nation. Sorry, I have to say that. You know, if I brag, I'll brag in the Lord. And I thank God for our pastor. But we are so set up to now finally get to a Pentecost where things will happen to us so that things might happen through us. But we need to pitch up, church. We need to pitch up. You need to pitch up. We cannot now decide anymore that certain services are not for me. Do you know how the Spirit of God have been working in this church during the evening services? I know there's trouble with the electricity. We, we know it. We know that there's a lot of holes that need sand or whatever it needs. That fight is still going on. But for your spiritual life, there can never be an excuse not to pitch up. The Lord appeared to 500 people. 120 pitched up. A quarter of them pitched up in the room. Every single one of them received the Holy Spirit. It's time to reconsider whether your heart is still at the right place. Today is the day. This is the day of salvation. There are people you need to bring to church. Salvation, this is all about salvation. I, I do not serve to God to feel good. We serve God to get people saved. That's got to be the main focus of your life. We cannot have doctor's degrees on the walls and people are streaming into hell 
We get to study God's word, to go to this world and challenge it. Satan has a hold on his children, believe me. And we need to wrestle those souls out of his hands. We need to do that on our knees. We need to do that fasting. We need to do that praying, but we need to pitch up. Please stand, church. Just raise your hands in the sight of God. I need every person here now to make a fresh commitment to God regarding your spiritual life. Every person, speak to the Lord now. I give you a minute. Speak to God. Say to the Lord, Lord, I'm making certain commitments now and you are listening to me and you are hearing me. Do that. Do that regarding your finances. God is putting people through a testing time. You thought it's about getting more. It's about giving out. Now regarding salvation. Of those family members. And now about pitching up. Make new commitments. Do that in the sight of God. Yes, Father God, Lord, in this holy atmosphere, I thank you for every person standing here. I thank you for the visitors coming here today. Oh God, you have such a beautiful plan with the lives of the people standing here. But God, this is going to be a different Pentecost. It's going to be like 2,000 years ago. It's going to be like the fire of God is going to fall. It is going to be like those people went out under the anointing of your spirit and they changed the world around them. It's got to be about all of that, Father God. But we cannot do that without your Holy Spirit. I thank you today, Lord, that you touch every heart here. And tonight, as we gather in your sight, as Pastor Harold would minister tonight, I pray, Father, let the fire fall. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.